Fifteen years ago this month, the Cato Institute launched the Cato Daily Podcast, and to mark the occasion, we're hoping to give you a token of our appreciation and ask a small favor. Visit cato.org slash cdp15 to get a pair of vinyl Cato Daily Podcast stickers in the mail and give one of them to a friend who might enjoy timely libertarian perspectives on issues of the day. That website, again, is cato.org slash cdp15. And now more than ever, thank you for listening. This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, May 21st, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. The arguments against largely unfettered immigration are repeated often, so often that it's worth taking them on in turn. Cato's Alex Narasta gathered up those arguments and responded in a new item from libertarianism.org, the most common arguments against immigration and why they're wrong. Available now. I did a podcast recently with uh, Trevor Burris, and of course, I tweeted it out. And uh, one of the responses is, look, we just want a system where these people come here legally. And this is a sort of a common complaint I hear from conservatives, which is they're very concerned with people who are not following the rules. They seem somewhat less concerned about what the rules actually are. And one of the complaints that you put together in your pamphlet here and addressed is, why don't they just get in line? And this is the one that I hear all the time, do it legally. As long as it's done legally, we don't have a problem with it. People say that all the time. Of course, the problem with the legal immigration system is that there is no line for the vast majority of people who want to come to this country. In the green card system, which is the path to uh, lawful permanent residency, if you get a green card, you can stay here forever and eventually become a citizen. You have to either be, there are basically four ways to get one. One is to be closely related to an American or another legal immigrant who's already here. Be one of about 70,000 workers sponsored by an American firm for a high-skilled job. Uh, the third way is to be a refugee or asylum seeker. And the fourth is to be basically win the lottery, which is only open to 50,000 people a year from countries that send very few immigrants to the United States. So if you're from Mexico, India, China... You can't even end the lottery in the first place. And that's it. So if you're a low-skilled worker who has no family in the United States, there's no way to come to this country lawfully. The only way open to you is uh, essentially to, to break the laws. And that is the tragic situation that we've put ourselves in. We demand the labor services of people from around the world. But for the vast majority of them, there is no legal way for them to come. One of the complaints that you address here is about amnesty. Now, most people probably remember, uh, of a certain age, probably remember the Reagan amnesty in the, the mid to late 80s. What was the result of that? And uh, what about other amnesties? What do we know about whether or not that actually damaged the U.S. in some way? So the Reagan amnesty in 1986 legalized about 3.2 million illegal immigrants, virtually all of them Mexican. What happened after that is that illegal immigration just continued at about the same pace that it did before. And that's because the Reagan amnesty did nothing to uh, liberalize or increase the amount of legal immigration. Um, Mexico is one of these exception countries in U.S. law where there are temporary worker visas available for Mexicans to come here. But this law did nothing to um, expand the numbers 
of people who are coming. And what's interesting is there have been, you know, the Reagan amnesty is the most famous one, but there have been multiple ones in American history, 1929, 1958, 1965, that the laws are not working as intended. You have a large number of people who are illegally present in the United States who most people think shouldn't be. And this is a way to get right with the law for those folks, temporarily, like a tax amnesty or like a gun amnesty or all of the different types of amnesties and different portions of the law. I mean, if we believe in the rule of law in this country, which I think we should believe in, the laws need to be respectable if we expect people to respect them. Uh, and part of that is not blindly enforcing every law in the books as far as we possibly can, but recognizing that we need to have the occasional amnesty, that we need to change these laws if there are a large number of lawbreakers who we think should not be living in a black market. There are several uh, arguments here or complaints, and you've seen so many in your time uh, talking about immigration. Today's immigrants don't assimilate as immigrants from previous eras did. Immigrants won't vote for the Republican Party. Look at what happened in California. Immigrants bring with them bad cultures, ideas, or other factors that will undermine and destroy our economic and political institutions. A lot of these are cultural and relate to the mindsets of the people who come to the United States uh, for whatever reason. There's a lot of assumptions about how immigrants behave once they come here, right? I think one assumption is that immigrants are just a random cross-section of people from these countries who are just selected at random and plopped down onto the United States. And that's never been the case. Uh, our ancestors who came here chose to come here. They were the risk takers. The people coming here today are the risk takers who want to who are, who are entrepreneurs, who want to create a new life, a better life for themselves and their family, right? So we're not getting sort of the average Mexican. We're not getting the average Filipino or Nigerian. We're getting those folks who are very energetic and ambitious, even if it doesn't show up in terms of their skills or wages before they arrive to this country. And that's something that most people don't recognize, right? Is like, these folks want to integrate. They want to assimilate. And part of the reason is that they love the United States and our culture. Part of the other reason is it pays too. Learning English is not something that is like a leisurely choice that's nice to do. No, it vastly increases your income in this country. Uh, Ethan Lewis at Dartmouth University did a study on this. He found that high school dropouts um, who speak English earn 20% more than high school dropouts who don't. Now, that is a heck of an incentive to learn this language. It's the incentive that our ancestors faced when they arrived to this country. It's the incentive that people face today coming in. So the notion that like immigrants don't assimilate um, or won't assimilate now, but they did in the past, I mean, it's just silly. These rules, these economic rules have not changed. And there's every reason in the world for these folks to become just as American as our ancestors did. Alex Narasta is author of The Most Common Arguments Against Immigration and Why They're Wrong, available now at libertarianism.org. It's our 15th anniversary of the Cato Daily Podcast. In appreciation to our listeners, we have a small gift for you. Visit cato.org slash cdp15 to learn more.